Oh, what a day and a weekend it was in the NBA. Still going on right now. Fox and Fallon, episode 17. Tanya, I hate to say I told you so. Hey, listen, I, I was right there with you, to be 100% honest. It's been a weekend of us tooting our own horns and the horns of, of the great and powerful Brian Kalbrowski because anyone who listened to last week's episode knows that we pretty much nailed it. And for two NFL girls, I'm pretty proud. We're going to be straight up with you. You know the majority of this is an NFL podcast. We kind of crashed course, at least I did. Crash Course, the NBA free agency, and Brian Kalbrowski, yeah, he, he came out strong, and I think with the amount of knowledge that he dropped, and us coming back to him and saying, hey, like, you basically called everything that was going on, D'Angelo Russell getting a max contract, Kevin Durant going to the Nets, Kyrie Irving going to the Nets, Kawhi choosing between LA, Toronto, I mean, everything that he said fell into place, so we're gonna do our best attempt in episode 17, to keep this rolling. One thing we did not talk about on the last podcast was the hometown team, the Boston Celtics. Something that I actually don't really care about. The Celtics. I, honest to God, I just, there's nothing about the Boston Celtics free agency or the draft that gets me excited, but you're kind of on the polar opposite of it. Well, I don't think, I wouldn't say I'm polar opposite. I would say that I think that they, there was a little bit of lackluster just because everybody knew Kyrie was leaving. Everybody was kind of tired and sick of Kyrie by the time he was leaving. So their readjustments seem a little under the radar. And so Celtics fans have all of these emotions about Al Horford leaving and, you know, there's all this sort of animosity about what's gone down. But in reality, I'm actually very, I feel like the Celtics have gotten right down to what they should be doing. I think bringing in Kemba Walker to replace Kyrie Irving it's like they're getting the point guard they should have had all along. And Al Horford's old. He's a good player. He was a good leader, but it didn't really help them in the end this year. So get rid of them. Big guys are becoming less and less important in the NBA as it goes. They got Inez Cantor. They got Taco Fall in the draft. We'll see how long he can last with his knees on that yeah. seven foot six frame or wherever, how tall he is. It reminds me of like Greg Oden part two. It's like, how many months are we going to have before Taco <laughs> Fall has five microfracture surgeries? In exactly. His but I, I, so I guess it's less like, I'm not like, oh my God, this team's going to the finals. I certainly think that they're an NBA playoff contender. And they're, I just know that the team that they're building is the right one for Brad Stevens. You know, I, we talked about this in our pre-production meeting. Kemba Walker played for Jim Calhoun at UConn, yeah. who was notoriously one of the most difficult, hard-ass personalities in college when he was coaching. And now... He's going to, it's like, if he can withstand that kind of pressure and thrive and rise to the occasion, which he did to a historic level, I have no worries that he'll be able to weather any sort of storm among the Boston media, among his teammates, among his, among the players. Danny Ainge is great. It just, it seems like the perfect fit to me. So it's, it just is level. I just feel calm about it. I'm really happy for you to say that because at least from the onset, it was like, hey, I'm so excited about what the Celtics draft. Like, I'm really happy to say that you've kind of curbed your optimism for this team because that's kind of my perspective. Listen, like, I've been a big believer and a hater in Danny Ainge over the years. I mean, yes, he assembled a superpower team in 2008. They lost in 2010. Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce. That's star power. That was like their last chance. I have no problem with going all in on something, you know, to help Paul go out on top. He took a chance on Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens has superseded my expectations. I think he is the most brilliant coach in the NBA. I would say top five, top three. I love what he has. I love how he can maneuver egoless talent. 
the reason that this Celtics team was so good right when he came in off the bat, because he had a bunch of nobodies. And they're like, okay, like, who do they have to get? They took a chance on Al Horford. As you said, he's getting old. Kyrie Irving, not the right bit. Big piece of shit. Okay? We don't need to get into what happened there. But the fact is that, yeah, this team is one season away from going to the Eastern Conference Finals. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals with no Kyrie and no Gordon Hayward. And what happened this year? They fell on their face late in the season and got their asses trampled by Giannis in the second round of the playoffs. Now, if everyone is saying like, oh my God, you know, what is the big, listen, no big free agents are going to come to Boston. Kyrie Irving, that happened by trade. Al Horford was the biggest name they got in free agency in fucking years. So as long as Celtics fans have that expectation baseline, like, yeah, we're not going to get big stars. We're not going to get a Kawhi Leonard. We're not going to get a Kevin Durant. We're not going to get a Chris Paul, Jimmy Butler. Okay? I mean, who, but, we, I'm glad we're not going to get a Chris Paul. I'm good with that. But bringing in guys that, yes, are coachable. As you said, Kemba Walker, perfect fit for this system. Because for anyone that's going to be a superstar and run the point and listen to Brad Stevens and work with these young guys, sign me up. Well, and, and part of what you said is true. I think what people forget is that Clay Thompson and Steph Curry weren't superstars. They were guys that came up on the Warrior system and became superstars. You draft young talent. You bring in young talent. You get free agents before they pop off. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are still poised. They're all-star caliber players who are still poised to potentially be yes, I agree. as good as anybody else in the league at those positions. They they knocked that out of the park with those Absolutely. Picks. So, I mean, you bring in someone like Kemba who is, a, you know, he's not a marquee free agent, but he's that next level down who can absolutely be part of a winning team and he can lead the team. And you have the young pieces around him. And you have the heart and soul of the Celtics on Marcus Smart. So, yeah, do they, could they compare? If Kawhi Leonard goes to the Lakers, all is forsaken. And we will yeah. talk about that later. But right now, as it stands, with the way that everything's coming together in the East, they are one of a few teams that I think have a really good shot at building something special this year. I agree. The East is wide open, especially if Kawhi goes to the Lakers. It's going to be one of those, haha, is the East versus the West? The Sixers are still going to be relevant the Raptors I'm sure still will be relevant the Celtics will be right up there but I mean when it comes to winning an NBA title all yeah. bets are off when you There's go up lot, against the West yeah they'd have to do a lot to get there so we'll see what happens so let's talk about the West we still don't know where Kawhi Leonard is going again reiterating kind of I'm not saying we're going to rehash what Brian said but we kind of all collectively had this discussion about what Kawhi Leonard really wants. If he wants to stay in a comfortable situation where he is a contender, of course the East is wide open to make it back to the finals. He can be the guy in Toronto. He has a safe place. They've Brian was mentioning that they shielded him from the media. He wasn't really a, a big star. You know, it wasn't really like a star-studded event as, you know, the bright and flashing lights as Los Angeles. But again, if he wants to go back home, which I mean, think about it. The odds are two to one now. Having meetings with the Clippers, having meetings with the Lakers. We saw the Lakers basically clean the slates. Maurice sh- Wagner, they dumped all of their small players. They cleared the cap space. Which, by the way, Brian literally named every single player they would get rid of in order to clear space for another max deal. And he he nailed it. I know we keep talking about it, but every single one of those players, it's exactly what they did. They dumped them all to get AD. And now they still have all that space for Kawhi. The problem is they have now held out through the big 
dearth of free agency and all the good players have committed to other teams, all the sort of mid-level guys you might have wanted to get, like the J.J. Ruddicks and those kinds of guys, are they're falling into place, Tobias Harris, whatever. So now, if you don't land Kawhi, you've got LeBron, A.D., two other players on the current roster right now and eight or nine spots that are wide open for a bunch of like veteran minimum guys. So it's like they're in, they're literally poised to either be the hands down favorite to win the NBA finals or the worst bench in the history of the NBA. And it's wild because they can't win with just LeBron and AD and nobody on the bench, especially we've seen this, what happens with these injuries over the course of time. Neither of those guys is like, well, AD's still very young, but LeBron has got to have his time managed. So it's it's really interesting because, you know, he's going to be choosing between being the man in either Toronto or with the Clippers or joining a super team. And, they, I mean, they'd be a juggernaut. Club. I But isn't it funny how, like, you're explaining the situation and I'm like, is this no different than any other team that LeBron's been on for the last two to three years? Literally, literally. No, I mean, it's the Cavaliers. It was him. And no one else. It was the Lakers in this past season trading the entire bench and no one oh, else. Oh, sure. I see what you're saying. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Right, like, right, yeah. I mean, again, Magic and Rob Polinka and everyone behind the scenes has failed LeBron. If they don't if they don't get Kawhi, then they're just putting him right back into the same place that he was before. Yeah, they are. And this is a guy that's going into, what, his 16th season. I, I root for LeBron. I do. You know that I have a, you know, I have a soft spot for him. But I would just feel very bad if this doesn't work out because they're cleaning the slate. For they literally Kawhi. have no one else on the roster. I, I don't know about you. I, I haven't really figured out what I would prefer. I think part of me, the, the one that wants to see the world burn a little bit, wants to see Kawhi go to the Clippers. Uh, I listen, I, I, enough, enough, with, enough with the Lakers. Like, I, part of me is sitting there like, well, we've been on this podcast for the last four or five months and it's been all about like, ha-ha, look at the Lakers. Like, Simpsons voice, ha ha, like point and laugh. I almost feel bad if that doesn't happen. You I know, know. I, I just would love do you to not see- do you not like I I feel like my tone has changed over the last it's week ha- or so. I think it's hard because on one hand, I do think I I always like a world in which LeBron is succeeding because I think it forces other teams to rise to the occasion. And I he's just who doesn't want to see the best player in the world be the best player in the world? I think you're stupid if you don't want to see that. However. I, there's something about the idea of Kawhi going to the Clippers and joining forces with Jerry West and Doc Rivers and all those young players there. And all of a sudden, you've got two teams in LA that we've got the star-studded Showtime Lakers who keep trying to do it and not working. And all of a sudden, the little brother Clippers, right now with Kevin Durant, is the best player in the league. Yeah, It's just really interesting to me. And that, I guess that's I guess that shows how we feel about Toronto. It's just that, like... That would kind of be the easy, boring way out, although I would totally understand if he did it. <laughs> I think we, one thing we missed, too, we're talking about the East. Yeah, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn is going to be a big juggernaut, too. Hey, Eventually. forgot about that. Forgot about that. Um, interesting tidbit over the weekend. We all love our good scoops. You know, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN is always the number one guy, the go-to guy to hear about scoops, to hear about trades. I would say like 99.9% of every scoop that he's ever broken is 100% right, if that makes sense. Um, I find it curious when Adam Schefter has nothing to talk about with the NFL and he just starts making free agency predictions um, I don't know if any of you guys know, but they are very, very close, Adam and Woj. So when Adam drops his, like, 
This is my free agency, NBA free agency predictions. And he predicted D'Lo going to the Warriors and getting a max deal. Like, okay, bro. <laughs> like, literally, he just, he asked Woj and he, like, is just break, trying to break news. And maybe, do you think he's stealing Woj's thunder a little bit? Because I kind of do. It was a little weird. I it was like very if I were, weird. If I were Woj. Like, stay I'd in your like, lane, bro. I you love Adam Schefter, but, like, stay in your lane. I'd be like, Call dude, me. you can't predict D'Angelo Russell to the Warriors when literally no one – that like, that was a big surprise move that wasn't being reported. So you, quote-unquote, predicting it is kind of – it's like a, it's one of those things where it's like, dude, don't make it obvious. Just look over here, but don't make it obvious. And the person just turns and stares, and you're like, come like, on, man. He, like, if you look at his Instagram, he, he sent – it was like a screenshot of a text that he had to his buddy. It was like – Brian K. I don't know the initials BK on the top of an iPhone message. And it was like, these are my predictions. And he's like, D-Lo War. Like, I'm like, I'm like, okay, like, you're just really trying to, like, show off your buddies. It was like, Adam Schefter got into, like, a little college Michigan boy Schefter. Like, uh, you know, I got all the scoop. Hey, no. I just, no I find that reporter, very funny. No great reporter lands there without a little bit of ego, you know? So, I mean, they, both those guys know what they're doing. I do think that, you know, we, we skimmed over it a little, a little bit, but to, to circle back, Katie and Kyrie in Brooklyn is a really interesting development. We talked last week about uh, how the, they basically have to pay Katie a max deal. Four, yeah, for four years. Yeah, they're going to so pay it's him a max over deal, three. and yeah. he's not going to play at all next year. So I think that we can agree that without D'Angelo Russell and just Kyrie there and the few pieces they have, they'll be a decent team. I don't think that they'll be awful, but they're not going to be a real contender until Katie arrives in the 2020-21 season. So it, it's a little bit of a weird thing because if those two can play together and can, first of all, they have to overcome a couple of things, including some serious stuff going on with Kyrie off the court. But if, let's say, they get everything together, Kevin really loves Brooklyn. He decides their media there is up to his standards. Kyrie gets all of his off-the-court stuff together and is feeling great. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, easily the best team in the East. Here's the thing about Kevin Durant being in Brooklyn. I'm, I'm proud of him. He made his own decision. He's finally the man on the team. He's the centerpiece. Forget Kyrie. It's Kevin Durant's team. No argument there. Um, The first year that he's going to be there, he's going to be completely out of the media spotlight of New York City. Do you think that, though? No, I, I, I mean, he's not going to be... He might be in the facility, but I mean... If, if anyone is strumming up any drama or situation, yeah, like, every beat writer is going to be trying to write an angle about Kevin Durant, but this could possibly be the best situation possible, that he's going to ease into a new team without him being the focal point of their problems in the first year. I mean, think about it. Could it not be a better situation for them? You know, I'm, if he walked in there, if he was healthy and him and Kyrie bombed, I mean, then there would be a lot more pressure. Kevin Durant is a very, very sensitive uh, personality. I remember covering him in Miami. It was like, I don't, someone was like calling him names or like called him a little bitch or something. Like I, I, I just remember cause I was flipping through some of my old pictures and like, he was just like, he's, he's sensitive. Like he's like, what? He said, what? He cares about what everyone says about him, whether or not he has like 10 burner accounts. That's been the theory for a while. I just think that the way the chips have fallen over the last few months, imagine if he was healthy and he was and he was forced to make a decision to stay on the Warriors for longer. I think that this is the best possible situation for KD. I definitely think that the time was up with the Warriors, especially considering all the leaks and stuff that have come out since he left. He was unhappy. He's he's I truly don't think that Kevin Durant knows how to be happy. 
where he is, and I think he'll find problems with Brooklyn, just like he found problems in Oklahoma City and in Golden State, where Oklahoma City, where he was worshipped, and were and in Golden State, where he won two Finals MVPs. This guy's success and and the adoration that has been showered upon him over the course of his career has never been enough. I have no reason to think that it's going to be enough in Brooklyn. However, from a basketball perspective, if you have someone like Kyrie who takes the attention off of you, who is definitely more of the like seeking out the drama kind of guy. I think you're right. He's going to take the bumps and bruises for the for the new look Brooklyn Nets in the first year. Kevin Durant's going to be on the billboards and on all the posters and on all the merch. And they're going to bring in the money. They're going to bring in the fans. They're going to sell the jerseys. And then he can come in to like standing ovation. Everybody's ready for them. And they will have worked out a few kinks. So to that extent, I think you nailed it. I think we exhausted all of our NBA channels. But listen, Tanya, it's July 1st. we got a few weeks until NFL training camps kick off. And you and I, in the next episode, it might be time to start kicking up the NFL preseason, way too early preseason predictions. But one prediction that I think that we all know is that Rob Gronkowski will not be returning to the NFL. And why is that? Courtney, he was spotted this weekend at the premiere for Julian Edelman's new Showtime documentary, and he looked happy. He was dancing around. He was having a blast. But one thing he was not doing was going to the gym, because the man has lost at least 30 to 40 pounds of muscle. It happens. these photos, he looks thin. I mean, it's wild. He he has to look like he looked when he was, like, in 10th grade. That had to have been the last time he was this thin. He also dressed like he looked like he was in 10th grade. Yo, this is a movie premiere. I know this is, like, a casual attire. It's, like, shorts and T-shirts. Yo, I kind of admire him. I really don't. I I was like, dress up a little bit, bro. I kind of admire him being like, this is my my bros. Like, it's like, you know when it's, like, your person's thing, and you're like, I know. I can get in. Dress code doesn't apply to me. I mean, it's grunk. He can get away with it. I agree. I disagree. I would have liked to see him. To be 100% honest, I don't think any of his tailored, like, clothing fits him. You're right. You're probably right. Probably all of his all of his suits need to be he taken in. He is so thin, and obviously everybody knows He couldn't it. borrow one from his brother, though? Anybody who has access to the internet right now, go look at the picture. Just Google Gronk skinny. I swear to God, you'll see it. It'll come up right away. He's so thin, and it really puts to bed any idea that he's planning, at least right now, on any level of an NFL comeback, because... I mean, I heard a couple of people on Fox Sports today say that, oh, well, he, you know, maybe he could just be like a more of a receiving tight end. And no, blah, blah. bullshit. That would never, never happen. Put it to rest. It would never, ever happen. If he were going to come back, he'd come back in shape. And it, he just clearly has, he doesn't even look like he has an intention of doing anything physical. Like, no, none of that wrestling stuff, no WWE. Like, he's definitely chilling out for a while. So we can just head into Patriot season with the full knowledge that whoever's at tight end, we've probably never heard of them, and it's definitely not going to be Rob Gronkowski. I just, anyone that's trying to tease headlines and saying that they even think that Rob Gronkowski, it's like, shut the F up. Like, no. You know, like, clearly this has been a no. This has been predicted last year. The rumors had been all over the map, starting with Albert Breer at the beginning of the season. Okay, if there's any more doubt, Stop trying to use your words as clickbait. He's not coming back. End of story. Also featured at this event. Yes. Danny Amendola. Of course. And he took this picture with Julian Edelman where they're standing side by side and posted it on Instagram. 
and noted that he was taller than Julian Edelman. And you can see, I think they're both listed at the same height. He probably wore higher shoes. The best part about it is, too, like, neither of them are tall, so it's, like, funny. That's part of the joke. But you can see that he looks a little taller than Julian in the photo. And I was like, what a move to show up at your BFF's movie premiere. Big night for Jules. And you throw him under the bus with the height comparison. Now, to be fair, Julian's, like, the number one shit talker and totally deserves it. But I thought it was funny that they were, like, on that level to the point where he could post that and they would be cool. Like, guys' egos, when it comes to the, their height, it's hilarious, especially in the NFL. And they, you know, Courtney, you know, we no hate on Jules or Danny. We like both of them very much. However, their listed height is not how tall they are in real life. So I am laughing at the fact that they're even addressing it on the internet because if I were them, I'd totally ignore it, always. Any mention of height, I'd be like, no, well, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening. I haven't seen the documentary yet, but I, I heard it was very good. Did you see the previews that Showtime was dishing out? It was like the little tidbits. It was like Snoop Dogg, and then they had... No, I haven't seen these. You were saying I haven't it's, seen any of them. It's on the Showtime Instagram, and I want to play one of them that was from Bill Burr that was just... I mean, yes, it just fair warning to our listeners, this is very Boston. Okay. But it's fucking hysterical, and it's so perfect, and I was... I commented in the comment section, like, that is my guy. 1960, the New England Patriots were founded as a member of the American Football League. 1985, they reached their first Super Bowl and got the shit kicked out of them, but they were up by three. They were up three to nothing. Tony Franklin, huh? With the barefoot kid, right? After years of mediocrity, Robert Kraft bought the team, trade for Bill Belichick. A year later, they got Tom Brady. How the fuck is that not a strike? You just, you just want consistency, right? Anyways, a couple Super Bowls later, you know the rest, huh? Five rings, more than anybody else, including whoever's on your fantasy team. Big faux pas right there. Yeah. He said five rings and not six, because clearly they filmed that before the Super Bowl. I can't believe they didn't make him just like reshoot I, or do like a VO or something. I don't, it's like <laughs> you can like CGI like six rings. <laughs> like should, how? But like I mean that was classic and this is funny. The fact that he's so the setting is that he's sitting at a bar and he's watching the Red Sox games. How the fuck is that not a strike? I was like, yes. That is. Our it's dr- just very. It's just very that, Boston. Isn't that such a dream? The idea. Like I wish when we did this podcast, we could be doing it while also watching live sports and reacting to it, and then just like going back to whatever we were talking about. That's truly an ADD sports fan's dream. And you and I are both of those things. So it's, it's truly, he's like a real spirit animal for me. If we were a fancier podcast and had a real actual studio, we probably could watch stuff live and do live reactions. But hey, if anyone wants to see that and has yeah. some, uh, has some availability at their studio, please invite us in and we will do our best to make it as interesting as possible. I but will... in the meantime, we'll be sitting in a bedroom doing this for the love of the game. <laughs> <laughs> no one is paying us to do this podcast. This is why we do it. Um, all right. Finishing off the end of this might be a shorter episode, but that's okay. Tanya, um, this weekend you had a little accident. Can I you talk ha- about that? Yeah. I have Bird to scooters are very dangerous. To be 100% honest, this is an incredibly embarrassing story to share. But if you do something as predictably idiotic as getting in a traffic accident on a bird scooter, you have to admit to it. And Courtney, that's what I did this weekend. Saturday, middle of the day, 
Chris and I are out. We're trying to enjoy our day. We stop at Brennan's down on Lincoln, have a, you know, a little bit of pizza and we're hanging out. We decide to take our birds down, you know, you've been down that, the Venice bike path all the way down. I'm I hate blocks. that bike path. Courtney, I am two blocks from the ocean and I got the green light. I've got the go ahead. I'm in the bike lane and I can see a car starting to turn left and I don't know if they can see me. Jesus. And I have to be honest, I don't think the car did anything wrong and they probably would have stopped, but I panicked and I don't know what I did, but all I know is within seconds, I was skidding onto the ground, bird scooter hooked onto my wrist by my bracelet, oh, Jesus. nearly ripping my wrist off. I've got scrapes and bruises all over my body. Our wonderful Venice afternoon turned into me in the ER, which oh my God. real shout out to the people at Marina Del Rey ER because they were awesome. And when he asked me if I was on a bird, Courtney, I lied. That's the best part of the story. You lie <laughs> about lied. it. I said I was on a bike. I was like, no, I was on a bike. He's like, oh, so you weren't on a scooter? I was like, no, <laughs> because he, I knew they said to me after the fact, they're like, those bird scooters are, are so, so dangerous. dangerous. He said they get 30 to 40 accidents a month from people on the bird scooters. So I was like, I just knew that they were going to judge me a little more if I said it was a scooter. So I lied. And you know what? I, I mean, I have to, I obviously have to confess it here. I'm sitting here. I've got my wrist wrapped. I have Courtney had to bandage up my shoulder earlier. First aid, first aid court. And I, you know, it's just so now I'm, we have this little weekend trip coming out to San Diego. I'm going to be covered in bruises and with a wrist brace on. And, you know, that's my, so. That's why you have Facetune filters. Yeah, that's why you have Facetune filters. And honestly, that's also. <laughs> just filter out your bruises. Guys, unless you're really confident on the streets, stay off the scooters. Listen, I, when I first moved to LA last year, I was all about the bird scooter. And that was when they allowed bird scooters to ride through West Hollywood and Beverly Hills. I literally rode a bird scooter from Brentwood took me 50 minutes and I rode it eight miles all the way back. Oh, and yeah. when I tell you that I had no music on, I'm paying attention. And I mean, like, I really know how to you ride those scooters. Cause when I was staying with you for a first couple weeks, when I moved here, I, you know, I was all about it because yeah. it's, you know, it's Venice is the place to be for a bird scooter. When I tell you that cars have no fucking care for anyone that is on a bird scooter no they will run you over the looks that you get they do not care and that's when i realized like i'm riding in the streets and i'm like pausing and taking my time and like the green light is going for the pedestrian walk they are looking at you as they were about to run you over that's exactly what happened no but this is what i'm saying it's so like there was one time i rode back from runyon and it was getting late i was just like you know what forget it I'd, i usually would walk or run home but i took the bird scooter and i was literally around the corner of my house melrose avenue like right by lpq and i turned and i was just kind of like just grooving and cruising and thank God I was wearing what leggings and I rode over like a puddle. They were like washing down the sidewalk and that shit like hydroplaned oh and God. I skidded and scraped the shit out of the side. I think again, thank God I was wearing very thick leggings. Same. That's what saved me. As soon as I fell over, I said, nope, that's it. I was like the one time, because I told my dad, and my dad rides motorcycles for a living. Like he collects BMW motorcycles. He's been riding. He goes to rallies. Like he goes on trips weeks away. 
He, t- I told him about the scooter. He's like, those fucking scooters. He's like, I don't want you riding those scooters. Like, I know. they're so dangerous. We've, we definitely, I feel like this is what happens. You ride a bird scooter until you get in an accident and you stop. And that's, so eventually no one's going to be riding them because 100% of LA will have been in some sort of accident. I've been in mine. I'm really grateful that I didn't get hurt worse, as I'm sure you were. I mean, if your wrist was tangled in the fucking handlebars of this, that's... You literally could have, you could have broken a bone. Yeah. Just be grateful. Just be grateful. that I didn't hit my head. My neck's okay. My back's okay. I'm just grateful that it wasn't worse. Moral of the story, stay off the bird scooters and find another way around. I I beg of you. They're all over the world. They're in Barcelona. They're in Tel Aviv. It's like. Uh, Maybe they're, I don't know. I've never been on the streets of Barcelona. Maybe they're chiller. I don't know. No, no hate to the Spanish people. Shout out to anyone who's from Spain. <laughs> oh my god, I'm not really so sure outreach we goes are, that far. We're Barcelona. Barcelona and Ibiza. Yeah, it's like Marcasol, Pau Gasol countries. <laughs> that was kind of Russian at the end. Yeah, whatever. We we get, we do our best to connect with everybody. All right, I think we're running out of time here and running out of content. We will see you <laughs> next week, I guess. Here. Here's the thing about next week is I think we got to just start bringing out some NFL preview stuff. I think, I think it's time. time. Yeah. I think it's time. We need to like kind of close a chapter on the NBA stuff. Then we'll go full-fledged into the NFL stuff. I, I, I wanted to like, for anyone that's listening, if you really want a good, committed, hardcore analysis of the upcoming season and the offseason moves, I believe episode three of this podcast we did like a top 20 or top 10 moves of free agency. Yes, we did. And we really, really hit it hard. I mean, when I'm telling you like 25 minutes straight of us just dropping straight knowledge, if you want a little preview of what we can do NFL-wise, episode three of the Fox and Fallon podcast, it is in your Spotify, Stitcher. iTunes. iTunes. Google Play. Any of the ways that you listen. That's all the time we got for now. Fox and Fallon, episode 17, signing off. I'm Courtney Fallon. That's Tanya Ray Fox. See you later. Peace. Bye.